Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, astronomers say they've discovered what may be the brightest object in the universe. And you're looking at him. His name is Tony Kornheiser. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. I mean, you pop in yeah. your jersey. Before we start the show. Well, here's the thing. Pop in your jersey. Okay. Most of the astronomer things end with me saying something yeah. about Uranus. Yeah, I, you I'm, get I'm just very relieved. upset. Shocked. Or most of the asteroid things and how old they are end with Hubie us talking Brown about Hubie Louis. Brown, yeah. and you get very upset. Yeah. So this was a better one. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, baseball has see-through pants. The Wizards demote Jordan Poole, and it's time to see whether the Bucks are still struggling. But we begin today with women's college basketball. Four of the top six teams were in action last night. Number one, South Carolina, and number two, Ohio State, both won handily. Number six, North Carolina State and number four, Iowa, with Caitlin Clark being held to 24 points and just four in the second half, both lost. Wilbon, you called Indiana beating Iowa, although you didn't call Clark shooting three of 16 no, from three. I didn't. What did you learn from last night's results? Tony, we were reminded that South Carolina is the best team in the country. They are. You didn't mention LSU and Angel Reese going for 25 and 20, and that's a reminder, too, that she's a great player. Well, let's go straight to Caitlin Clark, because that's what I was focused on yesterday, as you know. Tony, one, Indiana was coming off a dreadful loss. They had gotten hammered. And there was no way Indiana playing in Assembly Hall was going to follow up awful game with awful game. So I factored that in as a Big Ten lunatic who follows all this stuff. But they, they figured out what to do with Caitlin Clark, at least for one night. And she talked very eloquently afterward about how they pushed her to spots further on the floor than she wanted to be, which would seem to be the backcourt because she can shoot it from anywhere. But, Tony, three for 16 from three. They, they, they threw some box yeah. and one on her and the Iowa team. I was number four. I get that. But Indiana should feel like it should win that game, and they did. They want to be a team that hosts a game, which you can do in women's college tournament basketball, by having a top four seed. So Indiana had a lot at stake last night, and they said to Caitlin Clark, you're not coming in here and dropping 49 on us. And we learned that there can be some effective defense played on her some nights. Yeah, so, I mean, Caitlin Clark and Iowa have now lost two games in the last couple of weeks. They lost at Nebraska. They lost last night at Indiana. I've watched them a bunch of times this year, Mike, and as I've told you before, I don't think they play a whole lot of defense. They don't. And I don't think they ever react when a team starts drilling shots on them. I don't think they ever react. And they give up a lot of points in a 40-point game. They had a loss in overtime to Ohio State. They gave up 100. minute game. They yeah. gave up 82 to Nebraska. They gave up 86 last night to Indiana. Their last five games, they averaged giving up 87 points. Now they've won three of them. So, so the inclination and the indication is – they just want to get the ball back and score. That's how they're yeah. going to beat you. But when their best player that. goes three out of 16, they can't do that. The other thing I learned is exactly what you learned. And we didn't learn it. It was just confirmed. South Carolina is the best team yep. in the country. They are. And one of the things they've done earlier this year is they went to LSU, the defending champion who you talked about, and they beat them by six. They lost last year in the NCAA semifinals. I don't think to Iowa. I don't think they're going to do that again. Right, I'm going to take the over on South Carolina this year. I think I, I agree am. with you there, Tom. I think I agree with you. Let's move to the discontent over baseball's new uniforms. Some players have complained that the fabric feels cheap, the whites are too eggshell, the lettering and numbering are too small, 
and that some pants are uh, translucent. Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle says league sources blame studio lighting that made last year's pants look see-through as well. MLB, of course, shifting some blame, maintains it consulted with players prior to the changes. Tony, does this clothing crisis seem like a big deal, little deal, or no deal at all? This is my favorite story of the day. If I understand it correctly, the pants, there aren't, first of all, there aren't enough pants. Second of all, the pants that they have appear to be see-through pants, and everybody is very upset about this. And I'm saying, don't, don't these baseball players watch TV? Don't they see that commercial where everybody stands up and rips off their pants and goes to Lululemon and buys pants? So just go to Lululemon and yeah. buy pants. Now, let me get, let me get back to this. So, so nobody likes the pants and nobody likes the jerseys. The numbers are too small. The lettering is too small. They feel cheap. And you're asking me, is it a big deal, a little deal, or no deal? It's an enormous deal to the players. They have oh. to wear these things every single day. Now, players hate everything. Players don't, they don't want to pitch clock, which only saved baseball. But I will say this, Mike. If I came out here every day in see-through clothing at my age, I would scare the horses, and nobody would want to see this show. All right. The players are young. They're, most of them are incredibly fit. This is, this is bigger than no deal. This is completely inconsequential. Get the damn uniforms out of the dirty clothes basket from last year and put those on. I didn't say get the uniforms from 1947. And by the way, you know what those wool uniforms, can you imagine these babies if they had to play in those flannels? Can you imagine how they would go crazy? I get it. it. Everybody wants the new stuff like golfers all much better dressed now because they're all wearing those synthetic things that are light and airy, and you feel like you have nothing on but your PJs. I get that. So either get it right, whoever's manufacturing them in the moment, or shut up and put on last year's. I don't want to hear any more about this. Tony, who are the biggest babies now? What sport has the biggest babies? You and I used to say tennis players. Golfers in the running, NBA players are all the I'm going to tell you this, Mike. Clothes are your life. If you had clothes, because they don't even, they didn't measure the people one by one to tailor the clothes. that's right. They took a body scan. If they put you in clothes in the group that they call baggy, you would go crazy. (laughs) You would be calling Chauncey at Saks in 10 seconds, and you would say, I'm not wearing this junk. That's right. And that's what you would do. So have a little sympathy. We have news I would. Sure you would. We have news about our local terrible team, the Washington Wizards, who lost again last night by 20 to go 9-46 and on the season with nine losses in a row. But anyway, they have benched their second-leading scorer, Jordan Poole, put him on the second unit. In a wild spin of this, the interim coach of the Wizards said, and I'm quoting here, it really is a positive. It's a credit to Jordan. This gives him an opportunity to be on that unit as the lead handler, lead decision-maker, and kind of be our offensive engine, unquote. <laughs> well, Bob, you don't actually think Jordan Poole is going to see it that way, do you? It's not a positive, and it's not a credit to Jordan Poole. But what I am told, Tony, is that Jordan Poole has accepted it professionally and say, I'm going to do the best I can with this. And I think that's a step in the right direction. Because, I mean, what you've learned over the last year or so is, I mean, Jordan Poole can be, you know, sometimes difficult to get along with, although not apparently with the Wizards. It seems like he's got plenty of support there. But 
in leaving Golden State, I will say this, Tony, he left an impossible, he left the situation and it got worse because he leaves someplace where he got a championship ring. And yes, you have the incident yeah. with Draymond, which is awful. But he then goes to the Wizards where they're not going to win a game that matters for the next five years and he's going to need to be traded. I understand that can make you yeah. frustrated. It can make you act out. He needs to go beyond this second unit, accept it, and excel at it. You're going to get more shots on the second unit when you're not playing with the guys like Kuzma who need the ball on the first unit. Tony, he needs to grow up, but I think this can yeah. help him. I'm not going to say it's a credit to Jordan. I don't believe that. He needs no. to grow up, and he's got to accept this and move forward. It is the wildest spin I have ever heard. You're benching a guy and telling him this is a positive thing no, for you not. and we love you. And, and they're saying, you're going to get fewer minutes. You're going to play well, with lesser quality people on that unit. You're going to get all of that stuff, but you've got to look at the bright side. Well, there is no bright side. There is no bright side to this. He got himself in this mess, Mike, by shooting in his last six games, 19 for 82 and, and 8 for 42 Something like that, or five or four, some ridiculous thing from three. And, and all I really know about him is the Draymond Green stuff. Yeah. But here's what's true, Mike. Nobody thought it was good of Draymond Green to punch him, but nobody stood for Jordan Poole. And when the Warriors had to make a move, they traded Jordan Poole and they kept Draymond Green. Yeah. Right? That's they what they did. did. And they this, did. going from a championship team to this, That's awful. is like, honestly, it is, awful. it is the express elevator to the basement. Yeah. Let's take a break. Coming up, how important is tonight's game for the Milwaukee Bucks? And later, a moment of personality from an NHL official. Tony, he's going to the second unit, hoping to find his stroke and find his way back. That's what I hope. I don't know that, and they don't know it he's either. He's shooting like 20% Not in been the last good. six games. Not been good. He's been a player no. of consequence. Can he find his way back? They should have traded him at the deadline with Kuzma. That's what they well, should have done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action, live and in person, with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. ESPN is going all access with the Minnesota Timberwolves today and with them is our great friend from First Take, NBA Countdown and Stephen A's World. Mr. Stephen A. Smith works 27 hours a day and I should tell people, Stephen, that long before we ever got involved in this business, 
You and me and Wilbon in Washington, D.C. used to do a basketball show here and there. So we're going to concentrate on basketball. Right. Here we go. Wilbon always says that NBA teams have to suffer heartbreak before winning a title. And he says that because all he cares about is Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan's life. But do you think that has to be the case with Minnesota? Um, I don't think that has to be the case with Minnesota. One could argue it already happened last year. But by the way, I love you, buddy. It's good to see you, Tony. It's good to see you, Will Bond, and stuff like that. I feel privileged. This is a beautiful moment for me to be on the show with my boys, no doubt about it. The late, great George Michaels is watching from above. Love you, buddy. Here's the bottom line. When you look at the Minnesota Timberwolves, we got to take this into consideration. They lost last year. Rudy Gobert and Cat. Carl Anthony Towns didn't seem to be gelling at all. And there were huge question marks as to whether or not this would work. Transition and fast forward to this year, they're the number one team defensively in the NBA. Offensively, they've got a superstar in Anthony Edwards. they got a steady piece in Mike Conley Jr. at the point guard spot. Chris Finch is doing a good job. they got new ownership to schedule to really, really take over. All right, led by A-Rod himself and Mr. Lore. So you take all of those things into consideration. They're moving in the forward direction. They're the number one seed. I believe in them. I believe they got a chance. Stephen A., let's go back. You mentioned Anthony Edwards when you said superstar. That's who you were referring to. I got Anthony yes. Edwards in my top three for MVP, but no one else seems to have him there. He's the best player on the number one seed in the toughest conference. Why is Anthony Edwards being ignored I in this conversation? Well, number one, because of the greatness of uh, uh, Jokic, he's still a reigning defending NBA champion, and he's widely uni universally considered the best in the world at this particular moment in time, even though Denver doesn't have the best record. I think that plays a role in that. Number two, you look at say, Shea Gilgis Alexander and the absolute show that he's put on. They've had about 55, 56 games this season. He scored over 30, 40 times. This is what he's been doing. I've got him number two on my list for MVP. I've got Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics, number one, the best player on the best team in the NBA averaging 27 a night. That's how I'm looking at it. Tatum, SGA, Anthony Edwards in that order at this moment. Okay, all right. Let's go to the Wolves as a group for a second. They host the Bucks tonight. You're there. You're going to be courtside for this. Do you get the yeah. sense that Doc Rivers and the Bucks are getting closer to the point where they look like a serious contender and threat to Boston in the East? Or do you not see that coming together now? Well, my answer to the previous to the question was going to be hell no until you followed it up with that one on the back end. I don't see that right now. Um, they've they've elevated defensively. They were like 19th before he took over. Now they're at 10th. But offensively, they've plummeted from second to 24th. You've got to convince me that they can get things going offensively. Because let's face reality, no matter how good their defense gets, it's not going to be as good as it was with Budenholz as the coach, with Drew Holiday at that point guard spot, with Grayson Allen and others coming off the bench. It's not going to be as good defensively as the Milwaukee Bucks team we've seen of the past. So they would need to be more prolific offensively. And the fact that they've been struggling in that department has me concerned. I'm going to tell you absolutely not based on your question. You and I are going to debate this all weekend on Countdown, um, the Warriors or the Lakers. You watched the Warriors beat the Lakers sort of handily last night, I think about 18. Stephen A., yep. which one are no you more problem. certain is going to get to the playoffs and be a factor, Warriors or Lakers? Warriors. 
First of all, Steph Curry is every bit the superstar that is LeBron James at this particular point. LeBron James is four years older than him, but Steph Curry being the marksman that he is, the exceptional marksman that he is, the greatest shooter God ever created, you take that into consideration. I'm seeing young thoroughbreds like Kaminga in the starting lineup. He's really elevated his level of play. He's entrenched there now. Uh, Pajemski, a rookie, balling the way that he's been balling. They've quickened the pace. They're more efficient offensively, more so than they've ever been, even during their championship years. And then we look at Draymond Green. He's elevated them since they've gotten since he got back from his suspension. They've got the best record in basketball with a 9-3 record over the last 12 games. So I look at all of those things. I look at the use of the young bloods. I see Steph Curry being a superstar. I know about the exceptional coaching of Steve Kerr. And on top of it all, Klay Thompson, he is not having a good year. 37% shooting from three-point range, 41% shooting from the field. Guess what? 27 to 28 teams would love to have a shooter that shoots 37% from three-point range. I think that Klay Thompson is ultimately going to find his rhythm and look out. I give them much more of a chance than the Los Angeles Lakers because I don't believe the Los Angeles Lakers can shoot. They can make a run because of AD and LeBron, but they can't shoot. That's my concern. What a joy this is for me, just to sit here and watch you and listen to you. I love this. We'll get you out of here, but your answer has to be quick. Sorry about that. Wilbon isn't sold on the Celtics, and I am. Who are you with? Kornheiser, I'm always with you, baby. I'm always with you. I mean, Wilbon's my brother, you know what I'm saying, even though he's a curmudgeon, but I'm always with you, Kornheiser. You know that, buddy. Come on, Tony. Come on, baby. Great choice. You're Great not going to be joy. with him. Thank you know so they much. shoot too many Great threes. Joy. We'll finish this argument tomorrow on Countdown. Huh? They're, Five They're, they're going to dial it back. They're going to dial back. They've been listening to me. They've been listening to me, and they're going to dial back the three-point shooting, right. the number of attempts. They're going to dial that back just a touch. You can catch more of Stephen A. on NBA Countdown at 7. Maybe they'll let Wilbon close. Followed by the Cavs, Sixers, and Bucks, Wolves. We'll take one more break, but still to come, a big jump for the NFL salary cap. It's 7 tonight. It's 8 Eastern tomorrow. I got on ABC. And the Austin Matthews heater continues Saturday and Sunday. Isn't it great to have him? It is great to have him. You ought to leave the house for I get him all the time. We go so far back. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Happy time, people. Happy 38th birthday, Gerard Mayo. The new coach of the New England Patriots was the youngest coach in the NFL for a couple of days until Seattle hired Mike McDonald. Mayo played eight seasons for the Patriots at linebacker and made two Pro Bowls. Some called him Bill Jr., because he was so much like Belichick. 
The Patriots liked Mayo so much that they wrote into his contract a plan of succession where he could succeed Belichick. Now that's done. And now the reality is that Mayo faces more pressure than any new coach in the league because of who he is succeeding and the tradition of excellence he has to live up to. Anybody with more pressure, Mike? Even Harbaugh? I don't think so. Do you? Tony, yeah, I think there's more pressure on Harbaugh. Let me just say this. Because Mayo is succeeding a guy who didn't live up to his own standard the last couple of years. So I think actually Harbaugh coming off a national championship, I'd put him under the highest pressure. And then Mayo after that. Okay. All right. Happy anniversary, Patrick Waugh. On this day 39 years ago, the 19-year-old Montreal goalie made his NHL debut, playing in the third period in relief of the starter and allowing no goals. In 2004, a panel of 41 riders selected Waugh as the greatest NHL goalie ever. In 2006, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. He's the only player to win the Conn Smythe Trophy three times, and he did it in three different decades. He won four Stanley Cups as a player, and his number 33 was retired by Montreal and Colorado. Waugh is now coaching the Islanders. I love him for something he once said when Jeremy Roenick was barking at him, and Waugh said, quote, I can't really hear what Jeremy says because I have my two Stanley Cup rings plugging my ears. That's a great line. I might have a tiny little pushback. Martin Brodeur won three, so he's close. Grant Fuhr won four. But Tony, Jacques Plante and Ken Dryden won six Six. Stanley Cups. I mean, you know, I'm not just going to gloss over that. I mean, Ken Dryden with the same franchise, I, you know, I don't know that I'm going to go wah over Dryden. I'm just saying. Happy trails to an apparent goal for the St. Louis Blues. The Blues were already up four on the Islanders in the third period last night when they appeared to score once more on a deflection. But refs quickly waved it off to to an apparent high stick. After replay confirmed their decision, referee Garrett Rank delivered the bad news to the St. Louis crowd. You're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No goal. No, that's some good... Wilbon, do you like a little personality in your officiating? I love it, Tony. It has to remind you of Ben Dreyfe sometime in the mid-1980s saying about the Jets. And maybe he confused Gastineau and Marty Lyons, but he talked about one of them giving him the business down there. That's the greatest penalty call ever. And so this was sort of in that order. Not as good as Dreyfe, but I liked it. A little color. I liked I like when, when officials Me do too. that. Love I it. like it. I don't yeah. like when they become the whole show, no. but when they a have to bit. talk about a replay and, and explain it, I do like yeah. it there. Let's go to the big finish. Let's do it. Austin Matthews scored his 52nd goal Damn. last night as Damn. the Maple Leafs beat the Golden Knights. You're impressed with that, right? Yeah, Tony. has 10 goals in his last five games. By the way, Ovechkin did not score in a Caps win over the Lightning. Capitals have won like three in a row, but no scoring for Ovechkin. The NFL salary cap will jump $30 million to $255 million. Is that significant? Yeah, you can sign Khalil Mack for that. Yeah, you can get a great player for $30 million. Yeah, it is significant. Gabby Douglas had to withdraw from the Winter Cup due to COVID. Your thoughts? Tony, I hope she can do this, but at 28 attempting a comeback in gymnastics, Trying to make the Paris Olympic team. Tough. 28. That's like Tough. Tom Brady years Tough. in gymnastics, right? Number 21 yeah. yes. Washington State beat host number four Arizona. Is that a big deal? Yeah. I mean, they moved into first place in the Pac-12 in the last gasp of the Pac-12. Sure it is. Last one. 
LA Galaxy hosts Lionel Messi and Inter Miami on Sunday. You intrigued by that? Only a little bit, Tony. I like them playing the intimate stadium down in Carson, I think it is, where the Galaxy plays. Like 27,000, like one of some big, like to the Rose Bowl. Play it on your home court. Give your home fans something to see. We're out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. Ryan Barnhart, shout out. I'm Mike Wilbon. Have a great weekend, Knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app or Apple Podcasts.